We have need. Um, so in, in verse 12 of chapter 8, we're going to start here, and we're trying to try, try to go down to 29, so it's not too far. But the context is still the same. They are still at the Feast of Tabernacles, still in the temple. Uh, Jesus is about to start preaching again, and he says basically the whole point of this story is that he's saying, I'm the light. The last time, in the last two chapters, Jesus said, in chapter 5, he said that... Uh, I mean, in chapter 6, he said, I am the what? The light. No. Living water? No. Why? One before that. Bread, remember? I'm the bread from heaven. And then in chapter 7, he said, I am the living water. I'm the, if any man thirsts, come to me and drink. And now he's going to say in chapter 8, he's going to say, I am the light. The light of the world. So verse 12 says... Uh, then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, at the Feast of Tabernacles, at the, at the, on the last day at night, when it got dark, uh, they, had, uh, you know, they had processions all day long and s- ceremonial things, ritual things going on. Uh, at night, they would set up these big, four big, huge uh, candlestick things in the in the court of the of the women and they would come and they would they would just bring all they would walk with uh, torches and all this stuff and they would come and they would light those four candles and then they would have this time of rejoicing all these men would mostly men would come and they'd just be rejoicing have you ever seen a jewish wedding on tv how they dancing and singing and holding them i mean you can imagine that times a thousand people, you know, thousands and thousands. It was just a huge time of rejoicing. Well, in the midst of all this, they were coming. What it, what they were doing was celebrating the, God's provision for them uh, in, uh, you know, the, the pillar of fire as they went through the wilderness that was lighting their path and showing them the way. Uh, and so in the midst of all this, they're going and they're lighting these things. Jesus stands up. He says, hey, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the light of the world. And if any man comes to me, then he won't walk in darkness, but he'll have everlasting life. What do you think he means when he says, I'm the light of the world? I'm not looking for nothing specific. Just tell me what you think. I am the light of the world. How is Jesus the light of the world? That's kind of read out when you saying. That's pretty good, yeah. What else? The only way you get the truth, definitely not hiding anything. You ever, uh, I don't dust in my house. I don't shocking, right? What? Dust. You know, dust. Clean. <laughs> but if you dust, have you ever dusted and you got it and you're like looking at the table and it's just all clean and everything's clean and look and then you pull back the blinds and the, the light shines in and then you see all this dust that's there that you never even you know thought it was clean but now I see all more dust than before. Well, that's what light does. It reveals it reveals stuff in your life. It reveals truth. There's uh, this old this story about these two families in the late 1800s when electricity was uh, just getting to certain parts of the country, you know, big, really rural parts. And there was these two families that lived side by side in these like log cabin, whatever. And one family decided to have 
their you know house wired up for electricity so they could have electricity rather than having like oil lamps and all that kind of stuff and so when they did that the electricity came on the lights came on in the house and the first thing that it did would show would show how nasty their house was there was junk all in the corners of the ceiling and like mold and grease different places and so the family next door decided we're not going to get electricity because we don't want to have to clean all that stuff you know when it shows so the, what the light did was it revealed all the things that uh, that needed to be fixed it revealed all the things that uh, it revealed what was true what was there if it was clean the light would reveal that it was clean if it was dirty then the light would reveal that it's dirty and jesus is the light of the world he brings truth, just like Curtis said, but he also brings life. You see how the light brings life when he said, I'm the light of the world. Uh, where am I at? Uh, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. You see, the light brings life and it brings truth. It, when the light is, remember in chapter 1 of John where it says, He was the light and the light was the life of men. The light shineth in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it. You remember all that from John chapter 1? Having the light is to have eternal life. It's having a light inside of him. And Jesus is going to, he's going to make his case plain here in this chapter. And especially next week when we get to the end of chapter 8. And then on into chapter 9. He's basically going to tell the Pharisees and the people that are doubting him. That the reason that you doubt me. The reason that you don't hear my words. The reason that you can't listen to me. Is because you're dead. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're blind. You can't see. You're not my children. You haven't been born again. And that's why you can't understand. You can't understand what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, Jesus is... Uh, well, it, it's, it's hard to... Uh, just like we talked about the light, you know, being in that house that was dirty and then the dust and all that. A lot of us are like that other family. We don't want the light to expose what's there because we know it's not good we know that it's we know that if the light ever shines on on our life on our hearts then it's going to expose things that are that are not good it's going to expose sins it's going to expose no matter how good you are how bad you are you're a whole lot more sinful than you think you are and so people reject the light uh, simply because they don't want to be told what they do is wrong you see what I mean? People who, people who, you know, you, you just pick your sin. You know, people who sleep together before they're married, they don't want to be told that's a sin that's against God's will. People who, people who cheat on their taxes, they don't want to be told that's a sin. They want to think, well, everybody does it. I don't. People who, you know, pick you pick whatever sin you want. It's a thousand of them out there. Uh, Whatever it is, if it's something that we do, we try to rationalize why we do it, don't we? It, maybe I'm just on one, I don't know. Like when I have, you know, I have a... Right now, I got, I got an issue. You know, I got an issue uh, with, with some folks. And I know, I know it's, you know, the Lord's working, working through... He's he's chastising me about this deal, and, and I'm working. You know, I'm I'm seeking repent, I'm repenting and seeking forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. But 
there, sometimes you want to rationalize it. You want to say, well, it's really not my fault. It's really not my, you know, and I got all the reasons in the world why I can keep going like I'm going. And you might have all the reasons in the world why you can keep doing what you're doing. And the people that are lost out there in the world that don't want to come to Christ, they got all the reasons in the world why they shouldn't come to Christ and why they shouldn't hear that this is a sin and that's a sin and all that kind of stuff. Um, they got all the reasons in the world, but the reality is that when the light shines, you can't hide the dirt. You can't hide the nasty. You can't hide the sin. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? And so even as believers, sometimes we, we run from the light, you know, like uh, we, uh, we, you know, when, when our sin, when we know something in us is, is sinful, when we know something's going on, when we know we're doing something and we know that scripture points that out, we know that Christ has talked about that. We know that it's a sin. What we do is haul butt in the other direction. Instead of coming to Christ in repentance and coming to Christ in faith, coming to Christ and, and, and admitting our sin and, and talking about it, telling him, throwing it in his lap, getting the tone, getting it forgiven and moving on. We go the other direction and say, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to be like Jonah. You know, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run and try to hide and not, and not to. You know, not address it. And that's what these guys are going to do with Jesus. In verse 13, they're, they're going to try to find fault in his words. It says, the Pharisees, therefore, now, now think about this. The Pharisees and the religious people, man, my head's hurting so bad. Y'all bear with me. Uh, the Pharisees and the religious people are, are doing their religious thing. They're go, having procession. They're walking through the, the temple courts. They're coming and lighting these candles. It's a time of rejoicing. It's a time where, where all this is going on and this ceremony, this religious thing. And then here's Jesus again after he did what he did before. He stands up and, and they're all about this, the lighting the candles and all that. He stands up and says, hey, I, I'm the light. And if you follow me, then you'll have eternal life. So what he's doing is he's messing up their religion. He's messing up their ceremony. He's messing up what they have established as we are the religious authorities here. And this is our ritual and this is what we're doing. Jesus gets in the midst of it and he says, no, I'm, I'm the real thing. All this stuff is just pointing to me. And so verse 13 says, the Pharisees, John 8, 13, the, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, and thy record is not true. Why do you think they would say that? Anybody know? Yeah. One. Tell me, Bruce. They don't think that he's the one. Yeah. They think he's lying. They think he's a discredit. But isn't there something more like the fact that something is not supposed to like testify to something about himself? Yeah, yeah, there is. But all, all three of those things are true. They were trying to get him. They were trying to discredit him. They were trying to accuse him of lying. Um, I, I remembered, and it was just a fluke. There is something in Deuteronomy that says only by the testimony of two or three witnesses will something be approved. So if you got one witness, if, if I say, you know, Jimmy slapped me in the face in the court of law, they would not do anything to Jimmy unless they could produce another witness that said, I saw, you know, it, it's by two witnesses that something's uh, determined to be true. So Jesus just standing up, one witness saying, hey, I'm, I'm him. Uh, they were saying that's, that's not enough. You can't just witness of yourself. You know, you need another witness. Uh, we've seen this before. 
in John chapter 5, uh, I'll just read it to you. In John 5, 31 and 32, Jesus said, if I testify, he was talking about the other people that testify to him. He says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies. And then he goes in to talk about John testifying, the father testifying. But what they were doing was they were trying to catch him in a contradiction. Do you see you see that? I've actually heard people in debates with Christians like that you would hear on a podcast or something like formal debates in front of an audience. These two guys are debating. And the one guy brought up this scripture, John 8 and John 5, to show how Jesus contradicted himself. Therefore, the Bible is not true. He, Jesus said in 531, he said, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. But yet here in... Uh, verse 14 in chapter 8, Jesus answered and he said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. See, now how can that be? How can he say both things? Well, the reality is in chapter 5, he was talking, he was saying something in context. He was saying, if I bear witness to myself, my record, my witness is not true. But there's others that bear witness of me and he listed them. Remember? Remember? And here he's saying, there, he's going to say, there are others that bear witness of me. He's going to say, my father, I bear witness of me. My father bears witness of me. But what he's saying in this instance is, look, what I'm telling you is the truth. But Regardless talking, as to what, huh? But he's talking about what the Father sent him for, right? He's right. He's talking about, you know, well, just because I say it, do this, you better do this, it's from the Father. That's true. But he also says, he says, if I do bear witness of myself, my witness is true. You see what I mean? Verse 14. Mm-hmm. If I do, why is it, is it, it's true, truth is true whether you believe it or not. Truth is true whether you can prove it or not. If something's true, then it's true. See what I mean? What he's saying is, I am telling you the truth. Jesus' word equals truth. You remember we talked about the light and talked about how it shows the darkness and all that? What Christ says about you and I is the truth. That's why we focus so much on examining yourself, whether you be of the faith or not. We focus so much attention. You know, Brother Eddie will give an invitation today, and he will you know, make sure we know, you know, that we need to examine ourselves of whether we're in the faith or not, because our hearts can deceive us. What Jesus says about you is true. And y'all know there's a preacher on TV that'll hold up his Bible and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am, and all that. That's exactly true. The problem is he's not he's not reading the Bible and seeing what it says he is because it says there's none righteous. There's none righteous. There's not a one. Ever, all of them, the evil hearts are deceitfully wicked. You know, all those things. So the Jesus, what Jesus says is true whether you accept it or not, whether you believe it or not. A lot of people will take salvation and Christianity and they'll they'll put it in this uh, milieu of saying, you know, well, you know, that's good that you believe that and that's your belief and all, all that kind of deal. And, and that's that's wonderful, except for the fact that it's true whether you believe it or not. The man who denies it his whole life will find out at the end that it was true, whether he likes it or not. Um, it's like... Uh, what was I going to say? See, I need Dana. I need Dana here. Yeah, understand that? Any questions or comments? That it's true? It's true regardless whether you believe it or not. That bumper sticker that says God said it, said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I hate that bumper sticker. 
It should just say, God said it. And that said it. It don't make no difference if you believe it or not. The guy standing in the courtroom, I mean, can you imagine this guy just robbed the bank and he's standing in the courtroom and he's guilty and the judge says, you're guilty. And the guy said, I don't believe in jail. It's like, uh, uh, okay. You know, you'll believe it when you get there. You know, there really is a jail and they really will take you to it. And whether you believe it or not is, it doesn't make any difference. And so what Jesus is saying is, my word is true. Now you can believe it, you can not believe it, you can accept it, you can not accept it. You can deny it, you can run from it. You can do all the things that you want to do, but my word is true. If I bear witness of myself, my testimony is true. Verse 13, 14. He says, for I know, this is the reason it's true, for I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. But you cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. He's saying, you guys are just ignorant. He is, Jesus is the standard and they are ignorant of the standard. And the reason why, we're going to see this in a second, is that unbelievers cannot accept the testimony of Christ. They cannot accept the Word of God. They cannot accept uh, what God says to be true unless their hearts are changed first. Have we seen that before in John? You must be born again or you can't what? Can't see the king. I mean, you can't even lay eyes on the kingdom unless you're born again. Can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again. Uh, Jesus is going to say here at the, at the end of this chapter, he's going to say the reason that you don't hear my words is because you're not my sheep. Uh, so the natural man doesn't receive the things of the spirit. So Jesus' word is true, and he basically says, you guys are ignorant. Verse 15, and this is where this is where I was. Ex- I'm expecting some questions. It says, Jesus goes on to tell them, you judge after the flesh. It says, I judge no man. Verse 16 says, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. Okay, you judge after the flesh. What what does that mean? What's he telling the Pharisees? The reason they're ignorant of his word is because they're judging him after the flesh. What does it mean to judge according to the flesh? Like in the natural yeah, appearance, the in your natural mind, your natural nat, national, your natural reasoning, your you know, if I if if I look like a bum, then you would just say that guy's a bum, you know. I remember walking in, I had a youth that was in the western, you know, it, it wasn't crazy or nothing, that's just where they put kids. You know, the judge mm-hmm. if they're in trouble, the judge will say, you know, you can either go to Juvie or you can go to Western and get some help. And, so anyway, I went in, and of course, that was before I was a little more mature than I am now. And so I, uh, I had like shorts and this, this t-shirt that says some stupid slogan on it. And nobody can see teenagers unless you're a pastor or unless you're immediate family, and even then only at certain times. So I walked into this Western, I walked into this deal, said uh, i'm here to see so-and-so and i said i'm his pastor and the guy looked at me he went you got any identification <laughs> so i gave him my driver's license and he said uh you got any you got any 
pastor identification. I was like, no, it's just me and Jesus, man. They didn't give me my card. I never, I didn't get a pastor card when they, when they signed me up. I mean, it took some doing, but I, I got into seeing. But the point was, he was looking at me, and I guess, I guess it's it was my own fault. But he was looking at me, going, there ain't no way that this guy is a pastor. This is this is a drug dealer coming to sneak in and see this guy. You know, so he gave me a hard time. But these Pharisees were looking at Jesus and they said, look, this is some country bumpkin from Galilee, you know, that's never been in any rabbinic school. He's never had uh, our teaching. He's never had. Remember, these are the religious authorities of the day. If God was going to speak, he's going to speak through these guys. If he's going to do anything, he's going to do it right here in the temple. If he's going to give a word to the people, then he's going to give it through us. And then here's this guy coming from way out in the country somewhere and he's standing up telling them that, that he's the way and all the stuff we're doing is meaningless. And so um, he's saying, he's saying, you guys judge according to the flesh. And Jesus says, I judge no man. Now, how can he say I judge no man and then in the very next sentence render a judgment? Did anybody get tripped up over that when they were reading? I'm probably yeah. the outsider. Hmm? Probably don't judge from the outside. Right. That's it. Well, that's exactly right. It's, uh, I mean, if you want the technical term, it's, a, it's an elliptical sentence, which means that it's, he means you judge according to the flesh. I judge no man according to the flesh. See what I mean? It's just left out of the second part. He's not saying I don't judge at all. He said, I don't judge the way that you judge. You judge according to the flesh. I don't judge anybody like that. He said, he said, if I judge, my judgment is true. I don't judge according to the flesh. And why is his judgment true? Because I'm not alone, but I and my father that sent me, he's saying my judgment. Now think about this. This guy's standing up in the temple. It's going to tell us that he's right next to where the money's collected here in a minute. But he's standing up in the temple, all the religious leaders, basically he's probably done stop the show, you know what I mean? Because they got their candle lighting thing going on and their rejoicing going on and he basically stood up and said, hey, I'm, I'm the light. And so he's probably stopped the show and they're, they're, you know, the Pharisees are coming over here just telling them to shut up so they can go on with their own deal. And he's talking to them. He said, they said, your witness is not true because you're here by yourself testifying yourself. He said, my witness is true. He says, you guys are judging according to the flesh. I don't judge that. I judge what my father has told me. I've come from heaven. And so basically he's standing up in the midst of the temple and he's saying, God told me. What I'm supposed to be doing here. God told me to render this judgment to you. God told me to tell you the things that I'm telling you. And so it says. Um, where am I at? Okay. So Jesus says what I'm saying is true. Because God. Because I know who I am. And I know that my father sent me. And verse 17 says. It is also. He proves to them by their own law. That what he's saying is true. It is also written in your law. That the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bears witness with myself. And the father that sent me. Bears witness of me. So see he's. he's go ahead. Well, like he keeps saying. Like, and they're, they're getting hung up on like. But we know your father. And we know where you're from. And he keeps acting, you know, he keeps saying, my father is God. Aren't they like tripped up on him? Well, he actually, later on, 
I'm going to say verse... Look at verse 27. It says, They understood not that He spoke to them of the Father. So they're thinking... He's saying, he's saying to them, I speak for, you know, I witness to myself and my father witnesses to myself. And they're not understanding, they're not getting it that he's talking about God. Right, because he also said, like, um, I, you don't know where I came from. And they're probably going to give him that So they're still judging by the, the right. flesh. Judging by what they see. And they're even going to ask him here in a second. They're going to say, well, where is your father? You know, like you're offering a witness. Where is he at? You know, where is he at? So, and Jesus is being intentionally, I don't want to say vague, but he's, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like he's talking to them on a a level they just can't understand. Because everything he says, I mean, from, from every sentence that comes out of his mouth, they go, what's he talking about? You know, he says, you can't go where I'm coming. It's like, what? Was he going to kill himself? You know, and, and so it just seems like everything that he's saying, when when I say, as we're sitting here in this context, and I say, Jesus said that I testify myself and the father testified, my father testifies of me. Y'all have no, you know, have no problem comprehending what Jesus meant. Right. Well, it just seems like these guys are so blind. They're so they're so caught up with what's going on. They're so according to the flesh. So so mind with a mind set on the flesh. Their hearts not changed. That's right. They cannot understand what he's saying. I mean, he's already stood up and told them, hey, guys, all this stuff is pointing toward me. I'm the light. I'm the light of the world. If you come and follow me, you will have eternal life. I mean, that's what he said. But they just couldn't get it. So verse 19 says, then they said to him, where is thy father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father. So what's he telling them? That's exactly what he is. He's telling them that they have no idea about who he is. They have no idea who the father is. Now, these are the most religious people on the planet. These are the people that have received God's word in the Old Testament, the scriptures. They have. Uh, they are descended from the people that actually walked. Uh, in the in the wilderness as God led them and he is telling them that they have no idea who God is does that strike you as a little offensive maybe to these guys huh yeah and what does it tell you about it says that you don't know me later on in this section he's going to say if you knew me then you'd know the father and if you knew the father then you'd know me so what does that tell you about the Father and the Son? We know that we can't come to the Father unless we go through the Son. So all the, all the folks that say, you know, I believe in God, I'm praying to God, me and God got our own thing going, but they're not coming through Christ. They've not given their life to Christ. They've not accepted Christ. They don't care anything about Christ. What do we know? We know that they're not going to the real God. They're not going to the true Father. Uh, there's a whole whole people group in over in Israel that are praying to a God, yet they deny Christ. Are they praying to the God of the Bible? Not unless they 
Not they think they're everybody thinks they are. Johnny Wayne preached about it this morning, you know. Everybody's got a picture of God in their mind. If God is okay, you know, if I'm if I'm living in fornication, God my God's okay with fornication. If I'm living in the drug drug addiction, then my God's okay with drug. If I'm living in corruption and stealing, then my God's okay. Everybody's got their own little form of God. They make it up in their own mind. But the true God, if I'm you know if I'm if I'm cheating on my taxes, I mean you pick any sin you want. There's a million. If I'm cheating on my taxes, the true God convicts my heart and says, ah, "You're stealing." You know, if I'm defrauding my neighbor or, you know, just whatever, whatever, you know, the true God will convict your heart. And if there's no conviction in your heart, then that means, hey, guess what? You don't know the true God. You've made up some God in your mind. And so they were telling these Pharisees, he was telling these Pharisees, the God that you guys are serving, I mean, I don't know who that is. He said, but I came from the Father. You don't know me, and you don't know my Father. Because here I am, I'm speaking from heaven. I'm speaking the words of the Father. So, uh, verse what? 20 says, These words Jesus spake Jesus in the treasury, and he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Was not yet come. How many times have we read that? This is probably the eighth or ninth time. I don't know how many but he was talking right. Well, the, the importance of saying that he was speaking at the treasury would, would be that all the people, the, the high-ranking people are going to be right there. Because this is where the money was collected. This is where it was one of the places where people walked by and deposited their money. And so there were guards there. There was high-ranking officials there, the temple officials. There was all these folks there. And Jesus was, he was spouting all this stuff off right there. Then Jesus said again, Unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me. And here's the first time he actually tells them. He says, and you shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. So, to not go with Jesus is to die in your sins. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he said, whither I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above you are of this world. I am not of this world. Okay, now Jesus, at this point, Jesus stops telling them, hey guys, I'm the light. Hey guys, come to me. And basically, he's just warning. He's going to give them, he's going to give them a warning. From, from verse 20 on, he's going to give them, you know, you are going to die in your sins. You see what he's saying? For a Jewish person, if he says you're going to die in your sins, that means die separated from God. You're going to die. I mean, can you imagine what kind of scandal, what kind of... It would probably tick them off. I mean, if you want to, you want to test the theory, just run out, run out there on the road somewhere and tell somebody you're going to die in your sins. And they get mad. I mean, they get showing up, man, especially if they're church folks. I told you about the time I took kids out to the court square passing out tracts and the worst people to witness to were church folk. You know, we didn't have no trouble with the gang members. We didn't have no trouble with the rough and tumble looking guys that looked like they was finna shoot somebody. We had trouble with the little blue haired lady. How dare y'all ask me if I'm a sinner? You know? Definitely. Definitely so. All right, let's finish it up here. It says, uh, 
After he said, he said it again, I said there unto you that you shall die in your sins. This is it. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. How many of y'all's he is in italics in your Bible? How many of y'all's he is not in italics in your Bible? I think everybody's is. Verse 24. When, when a word is in italics in the KJV, it means it's supplied by the translators for clarity. I wish it wasn't there, but it's there. What Jesus said was, if you don't believe that I am, then you'll die in your sins. What was he saying? When he calls himself the I am. Yeah. He's saying, I'm, I'm Yahweh. I am Jehovah, I am the God that you've been worshiping. I am the God of the Old Testament. I'm the God that followed you uh, as a pillar of fire. I'm the God that went before you as a pillar of cloud. I'm the God that came and spoke to Moses in the tabernacle. He said, unless you believe that I am, then you will die in your sins. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine that would have fried the brain of a Pharisee at that moment? Some guy has done stopped our religious uh, ceremony. He's done stopped our, you know, rejoicing. This was the most joyful feast that they had. You know, it was the celebration of the harvest. And so this guy has done stopped all this. He's done called himself the light of the world. He said that he gives eternal life. And now basically he's told us that he is God. He is Yahweh. He is the I am. He is the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He is he said, and unless, not only is he saying that, but he's saying, if you don't believe that I am he, then you're going to die in your sins, which means you'll be separated from God forever. Y'all have any comments or questions? Y'all look like you're getting tired. I don't want to just lecture you to death. Nobody? That he is the I am? Okay, last thing. It says, I have, uh, verse 25, they said, who are you? <laughs> I was like, he done told them like eight times. And now they say, who are you? And Jesus said to them, even the same that I have said to you from the beginning. I've been telling you I am this whole time. Verse 26, I have many things to say to you and judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. I tell what I have heard. The things that I'm telling you are what the Father have told me to say. Verse 27, they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, you will know. He said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. He said, there's coming a day that you will know. Right now, you, you don't understand. Right now, you don't want to understand. Right now, you'd rather live in your sin. Right now, you'd rather do what you want to do. You'd rather just, you know, party down, live for yourself, be independent, do what you want to do. I ain't going to have nobody telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but there'll come a day that you will know. That you will know. And he said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, he said, then you'll know that what I'm telling you is true. There's going to be a day when all people are going to bow their knee before Christ and say, you're the Lord. There's going to be a day when we will know that everything that He said is true. Whether we accepted it, whether we believed it, is, is, uh, it doesn't make any difference. It's going to be true. Huh? 
No, it's going to be like you standing in front of a courtroom going, I don't believe in jail. You will when you get there. <laughs> Trust me that when you when you when that cell locks behind you, you will start believing in jail real quick. And there's going to come a day when when we are. Uh, so what the text is showing us is that you are who Jesus says that you are. Now, that's a good thing. And it's a bad thing. If there's unrepentant sin in our life, if there's just a, a lifestyle of living for ourselves, uh, this is why we tell people to examine yourself because there's so many people that are just deceived. There's so many people that are just, I mean, you can, I, I saw a thing the other day about this like mass murder on death row. I mean, like a mass murderer. He said, you know, really I'm a good person. When they interviewed him, it was like, okay. You know, a guy on death row, so I'm a good person. You remember that story about the guy who kidnapped, uh, we gotta go, the guy who kidnapped that woman and held her for like 10 years in his house in Ohio, somewhere, whatever. Whatever, yeah, something like that. He stood in court when they went to sentence him, and he said, I'm not a monster, I'm really a nice person, I'm a good person. So, those are a little extreme examples, but all of us think that we're good people. All of us think that our heart is, is really wanting to do the right thing. Even when we live for ourselves, we live doing whatever we want to do. Uh, we live, and somebody looking from the outside would see no evidence whatsoever that we live for Christ. We would still say, man, my heart tells me that I really want to. My heart tells That's why we say examine yourself, because what Christ says about you is true. If, if you get to the final judgment, and you will, but when you get to the final judgment, uh, Jesus is going to stand up and render judgment. He's either going to say, I know him, or he's going to say, I never know him. And whatever he says is true. The thing that, one of the things that bothers me the most in Scripture is that passage, you all know it, where the guy, uh, Jesus, uh, people get to the, the judgment and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. And then the people that he said that to start arguing. Y'all know that passage where it says, but Lord, we, we did this and we did that. And we... Now, imagine, imagine how deceived that person must be that when they stand before the judge of all the earth who created all this, they actually argue with his judgment. Like, wait, God of the universe, you just don't understand. It's like, okay. I mean, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm God. I understand. You know, didn't we do all these things? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do all these things? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. These people were so deceived that they actually argue with the author of the universe, uh, trying to convince him that he's wrong about them. See what I mean? That's how deceived they are. So when we say examine yourself, whether you be the faith or not, that, that's something that's very serious because our hearts can deceive us. Now, on the other hand, if you are a believer, then that you are everything Jesus says you are. He says you're perfect in Him. There's no spot or wrinkle that you're blameless. You're, you know, before God that you'll be, you know. And the only way to know is to take what Jesus said, take this word. And examine yourself with this is what's true. Anything I say or think or feel may or may not be true. I have to examine it in light of what what that word says. Y'all with me? 
And so that's what Jesus was telling him. He said, look, what I'm telling you is true. The Pharisees were going, that's not true. He was saying, that's what I'm true. At verse 30, I didn't include it in this, but in verse 30, it says, uh, as he spoke these words, many believed on him. Now we're going to look at that next time because I, I wish that believed was in quotations, but it's not. So it's, I can't put it in quotations, but... The people that believed on Jesus right here, he's going to start talking to. And by the end of this chapter, those people are going to be gone. They don't believe on Jesus. He's going to call them blind. He's going to call them sons of Satan. He's going to, he's going to test that belief. They believed on him right here, but he's going, to, he's going to test that belief and it's going to be found to be false. And so we'll look at that next time. What I want you to do before next week, if you if you get to studying this thing, I want you to look at verse 31. We're going to spend a lot of time there. We'll probably go to 52, but it says, at verse 30 says, And he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Okay, so I want you to look at that and I want you to well, the question we're going to ask is how can how can Jesus say that? Well, let's put it this way is is saying if you continue in my word, then you're my disciple. Is that works a work salvation? That's the question we're going to try to answer. Okay.